The following podcast contains spoilers for The Wave and Kill the Irishman. You have been warned. Welcome back, everybody, to KFR News Radio. This is your host, Glenjamin Button, along with your host, Miguel Magusto, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the man behind the award-winning film. Hey, 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 hey. It wouldn't be award-winning without you saying, all right. So uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a big move you just threw at me. Yeah. But all right. All right. <laughs> yes. How, how, how are you doing, Glenn? Award-winning uh, Glenjamin uh, Button. Oh, man. It feels good. Mm-hmm. It feels good, and other than that, I'm just okay. Other than that, you're just okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm in about the same same predicament. But hey, I got a question for you. Oh, oh, hit me with it. Will Ferrell stars in which 2003 Christmas movie? God, motherfucking damn it! Did it have to be so specific? Because yeah, right? other than that, it could have just said 2003, and I probably would have been stumped. Yeah. But could it possibly be uh, Jingle All the Way? Mmm, no, we were looking for Elf, sorry. Shit, that was 2003? That was 2003. Oh my god. How many Jingle All The Way? I mean, I know you were just kidding, but <laughs> <laughs> Jingle All The Way was in the 90s. No, so. I know. <laughs> but that one uh, definitely feels like it was in the 90s. Elf does not yeah. feel like it's been that long ago. I mean, it was like right at the turn of the century, so it was, uh, yeah. I still have very vivid memories of watching that movie. Mainly because my friend decided to sit on the stairs during it and was being very annoying throughout. But, that's uh, very weird. Yes, yes, indeed. <clears throat> anyway, that's in the past. Have you seen any movies that you want to talk about last week? Uh, I've not watched movies, but I have started watching Atlanta. I was on a Childish Gambino slash Dominic Clever kick after after uh, Guava Island, so I was like, hey, mm-hmm. I'm going to start Atlanta. It's a pretty funny yeah. show so far, but not really going anywhere. It's, I'm like halfway through the season. Yeah, I hear it's like a very like surreal show sometimes. Yeah, like, um, like there's a story behind it. It's just not going anywhere. And I'm only, yeah. only like six episodes deep, but still. Yeah, it is yeah. what it is. Yeah. It's funny, though. Um, if I was on a Donald Glover kick, I would just rewatch Community because that... I haven't watched Community. That is gold. <gasps> and I don't want to start something that's many seasons long. That's fair. I mean, they're all short, short episodes. Yeah. But uh, yeah, uh, anything else before we get into the wave and kill the Irishman? Nope, I just watched our movies and that's it. What about you? Well, I I only watched one movie, believe it or not, other than our two movies. I don't uh, believe you. Well, you gotta believe me because uh, that's what happened. Toy Story <laughs> Four. I was actually going to watch that yesterday, but then decided yeah. I'll let you talk about it. <laughs> uh, as seems to be the theme this year. Keanu Reeves was the best part. Um, not to say it's a bad movie, but... Oh, what was his name in the movie? <laughs> uh, Canadian Duke Kaboom. St- yeah, Duke Kaboom. Canadian... Uh, Canadian stunt... Stunt, stunt the devil, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was, it was okay. Um, I... Uh, I really don't understand why they kept going. Three was such a perfect ending. and That's, I, that's what I said. And that's why I'm trying not to watch the fourth one. But a yeah. friend was like, man, this one really hits you in the feels at the end. I'm like, so did the not last one. nearly as much as uh, three. I mean, it, there are moments of it. But, like, 
three was emotional throughout the entire thing mm -hmm. where it was such a good ending for it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, with Andy, you know, Andy's going to go to college. So it's just like this tension of like what's going to happen throughout this one. You're just like, yeah, Bonnie's cute and all, but I don't really give a shit about her. I didn't mm -hmm. watch three movies with her. She's just some little girl that uh, I have no connection with. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. They're going to keep making them as long as they keep making money. <sighs> but anyway, yeah, that's all I saw. <laughs> that's all I saw other than our two movies. So right. let's get into The Wave. Director, oh, <clears throat> all right, get ready for a lot of stuff here going on. Yeah, we gotta mispronounce all these. Directed by Roar Uthaug, uh, written by John Kararaki, Harold Rosenlow Eag, and starring Christopher Joner, Anne Dahl Torp. Jonas Hof Otefbro Oftebro I was doing okay until then but <laughs> either way uh, the wave tells the story of an anticipated although anticipated oh Jesus Christ I'm gonna start that one over the wave the wave is a movie about a wave and although anticipated, no one is really ready when the mountain pass above a scenic, narrow Norwegian fjord, Geigeranger, collapses and creates a 85-meter-high violent tsunami. A geologist is one that, of those caught in the middle of it. Ugh, I should just give up on life. <laughs> I was trying not to say anything, just to let you power through it. Mm. Oh, man. Why do I pick the foreign movies all the time? I don't time? know. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this, is, uh, this one was available on Netflix. Uh, and uh, the the probably the biggest thing I liked about it, uh, it's a disaster movie, but on a really small scale. Yeah, like it's really just affecting a small town in Norway, um, which you know it that doesn't mean the the uh, it's not as heightened as it would be if it was worldwide, but it, it's a very small scale in comparison to you know like the Roland Emmerich movies, um, like Independence Day and uh, 2012, all that. Uh, but it has a lot of the same stuff going on. So I, I really appreciated that. Yeah, I was telling uh, Kira at lunch, I'm like, All right, imagine Day After Tomorrow, except for none of the crazy shit that happens in it, and it's on a much smaller scale. Yeah, <laughs> and they're not running away from global warming. Yeah. They're running away from a wave. basically it's some, like, people aren't listening to this one scientist. Mm -hmm. He's warning them about what's going to happen. They don't listen to him. He warns to, he goes, and he's like, okay, whatever. And then next thing you know, I'll, sh I'll fucking... Oh, he was right. Breaks loose. Yeah. Now, I will say that while I understand 
how frustrated he was, I also understand why they didn't do anything about it. Yeah. Because while his prediction came true, it's very possible that it might not have come true. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, unfortunately, he kind of realized a little too late. They they did the whole scientific method where they actually like went and saw and didn't see any any issues coming up. And it was just like a numbers thing that maybe it will happen. Maybe it's just some weird thing. So it's it's one of those things where no one's re- there's no real antagonist as like this guy's an asshole. He's the reason all these people are going to die. Yeah, um, everybody was doing their job. Yeah. And, just, and uh, no one no one the- overreacted. Mm hmm. Uh, which I, I re- it was a very, for lack of a better word, a very scientific disaster movie um, where, you know, they thought about things before actually doing them. Um, and it, it actually was plausible throughout. I mean, they, they even showed footage of actual rock slides in Norway in the beginning. And this is based on one that will happen eventually. Um, hopefully they have a little bit more of a heads up than they did in this, but and not a seaside hotel just ready to get plowed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, what what do you think overall? Um, so like over, overall, like after I watched, I'm like, okay, that was that was a good movie. And then I got to thinking about it, and I liked it more the more I think about it because it's not like every other disaster movie it's more realistic the yeah. real the realism is definitely there and mm-hmm. that's why i appreciated it more after i started thinking about it mm-hmm. so like I, I loved it well i wouldn't go as far as saying i loved it but i thought i appreciated it a lot more knowing that there felt like more was at stake because less was happening you know yeah, and it's the thing about a lot of disaster movies is that they get to a point where I'm just like, just let the human race die already. Yeah, like if what you're doing is impossible. It's not going to happen. I know what's going to what the way you're going to save it is going to be some movie bullshit that won't actually happen in real life. Whereas this, like, everything was real. He tried saving people. Mm-hmm. Not everyone he saved lived, and it, it was a very like you said, very realistic and, and, uh, the small scale, I think really helped that out. Cause you, you, yeah. it's kind of like the whole, kind of like what Marvel's going through with when the world is at stake so many times, do we even care after like the third or fourth time? Mm-hmm. But it, it, there's something about it being realistic and smaller scale that make it seem, uh, more important. If yeah. that, if that makes sense, I, I feel like a lot of people just go straight to world disaster. Um, before they even think about just creating like a small story, um, um, but yeah, I mean, I liked I liked everybody in the movie. Um, even some of the characters made like a lot of sense. Like uh, I think there was a character named Philip who just was like entrapped with a room with two other characters, two of the main characters, and mm-hmm. then he just started flipping shit because he didn't want to die. So he just started like instinctively drowning the other people in there just yeah. like trying to trying yeah, to trying conserve to like, oxygen for yeah. himself and uh yeah he was really the only like selfish character even when his wife was still alive mm-hmm. like his wife was completely selfless and he was the opposite and in reality like th- they were about to get on a bus and you find out later that everyone on that bus died so like granted that's not something he would know about but she yeah. saved him until he started being an asshole and got himself killed. But uh, she saved him by being selfless and trying to help her, uh, help the, uh, the, the main, son, yeah, try to find the son, which that part, honestly, that, that kind of got me where like she turned to run back is like, 
just a customer at the hotel, like a guest at the hotel, and she turned yeah. to help help one of the uh, hotel employees there, try to find her son. There are definitely people like that, people who are selfless, and in this case, the marriage, people who are selfish as well. Oh, definitely. And yeah. it definitely showed that 50-50 pretty yeah. hard. My and favorite part is when the selfless person got swept away by the wave, and she mm-hmm. was just like, she's gone. She's done. Yeah. I'm like, no, that bitch is still floating down the hallway. <laughs> well, I mean, she probably is dead. No, but. for sure, but still, I thought it was funny. She's just like, yeah. five seconds after it happened, she's like, she's gone. You can't help her. Yeah. She's like, oh, she, no, she's right there doing a water slide. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. definitely some stuff, and like, I wonder how much of that is just lost in translation. Uh, st- not all, but some of the dialogue was a bit hokey. But mm-hmm. again, you know, the, the audio is in Norwegian. The the s- subtitles are in English. So it could, it could just be something lost in translation. Maybe. Um, which, I mean, I've noticed that does happen from time to time with foreign movies where, like, things are expressed in a way that isn't really translatable. So they do the best they can. And then it's just like, you know, not as we'll profound as it. Yeah, we'll never know unless, unless we know Norwegian, which, I mean, I don't. I'm learning German, yeah, I, but I those thought are... about it, like getting into it, and mm-hmm. I was like, "This is for the sake of KFR, no way." <laughs> we already. must continue to mispronounce everyone's name. <laughs> it's it's our it's our mo. It's our brand. But um, I, uh, I definitely like this movie. Um, definitely more than most disaster movies. Period. Yeah, um, because it was realistic in all mm-hmm. sense. I will admit, disaster movies are kind of my. Uh, my guilty pleasure um monster movies are just great so i don't consider those my guilty pleasure but like disaster movies i fully acknowledge are bad and but i still i still love them like my dad and i used to go see like every disaster movie that came out (laughs) yeah because he likes them too that's how my uh, dad is too but after a while i couldn't after, I think after 2012, I just stopped watching. 2012 was a bad one. Yeah, um, I just stopped watching disaster movies just because yeah. like, I don't want to sit through that anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty. That that's really like the last big disaster movie. I'm pretty sure that that killed the whole genre. Yeah. Um, but like even even Nicolas Cage's The Knowing, mm-hmm. it's terrible. I fully admit that, but I really enjoy that movie. Um. I, st- I still think the day after tomorrow is definitely going to be one of the best ones on a scale for me. Yeah, but I definitely like this movie more for yeah. the realism. Yeah, this is definitely a, be- a better movie overall. Um, yeah. Just an entertaining movie. Day after tomorrow is yeah, it's there. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a it's a fun one to watch. But uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really have too much to say. It was uh, yeah. well acted, uh, well, well acted. written. There, also, there, the wave when the wave was actually happening. Oh, I, yeah. I was I was actually kind of breathtaking a little bit. Yeah. I was like, "Holy hell!" Like when the uh, main character um, stops to help his his neighbor, and like they they lock themselves in the car, like because they know they're not going to be able to outrun it. She hurt her leg; they're not going to be able to outrun it. So, as a last ditch effort, they just get into this car that happens to be open, buckle themselves in, roll up the windows, and just. Hold on. Yeah. And, you know, in a Hollywood movie, they would both live in that scenario. But, uh, you know, this is realistic. And one Uh, was impaled with a spike. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I I thought they just did a really good job at, uh, you know, keeping it enticing. Um, But I I do have problems with this movie. I can't remember any of them. The one problem that I did have with it, and I almost forgot until just now, I hate 
those moments in movies where you're like, they're like, oh, this character's dead. Oh man, he's sucked up all this water. He's definitely dead. And they're like, no way. Let me pump oh, yeah. his chest 18 more times and bring him back to life. I hate those moments. Yeah. I honestly think Especially it, when you can see them coming. Yeah. I think it would definitely would have been better if they, he, he just died. Yeah. Um, or just didn't drown. That too. Um, if he did save them, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, if, if he just saved him with no last-minute dramatics and was fine, that'd be one thing. But like with him essentially dying and then... Or at the very least, like having no, because <laughs> no for, issues. For me, they, that, they, that takes away from the big scale disaster. Like, all right, yeah. you you went from the small scale disaster. You're doing this well, and then they got that moment in there where it's like this big scale, like big moment, and then you're like, yeah, but we know he's gonna live. Yeah, definitely. Um, Especially since you're yeah. taking so much time on it. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. I, I think they did a good job of making you care about the smaller characters. Like the neighbor you cared about, even though she's barely in it. The mm-hmm. uh, the coworker of the main um, actress, she, like you cared about her. When you see her dead, you're just like, oh man, that sucks. Um, so yeah, I think they did a really good job at like creating a a character base that you uh, connected with, even if just for a short time. Let's move on to Kill the Irishman. This is about the fourth time someone's tried to kill you. I'm an Irish Catholic with the grace of God on my shoulder. If any of these maggots from the so-called mafia want to come after me, I'm not a hard man to find. Danny Green wanted the American dream. I got a proposition. We bring Danny in the mix. So he took it. Good call, Danny. Place like Sears Worldwide. I'm put you away, you know that? Don't rock the boat, Joe. Come here, I want to show you something. I provide a unique financial service. Loan sharking. <laughs> Stop it, Tom. Sean LeBaron says you've been doing a good job for him. But we take our cut. We do all the work and you get 30% for doing nothing. That's the arrangement. You guys let me dry for too long. Irishman's in business for himself now. Directed by uh, Jonathan Hensley, written by Jonathan Hensley, uh, and also Jeremy Walters. Uh, stars Ray Stevenson, Christopher Walken, Vincent D'Onofrio, Val Kilmer. Uh, there's a lot of people in this movie for no mm-hmm. reason. Linda Car- uh, Cardinelli. Or Cardinelli. Car- Car- yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was going for. And uh, that one dude from freaking, well, not Sopranos, Jesus Christ, uh, Godfather, I forget his name. 
He's in there. I don't know who you're talking about. He, uh, he's the one that grabbed the cannoli. Uh, Paul Servino. Leave, leave the gun, grab the cannoli, that guy. Oh. He's in there, too. Oh, oh wait, okay. I just accidentally clicked out of that whole tab. Uh, but yeah, so the Kill the Irishman is about uh, the true story of Danny Green, a tough Irish thug working for mobsters in Cleveland during the 1970s. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, I don't think the mafia when I think of Cleveland. Absolutely not. <laughs> I just not. think of Factory of Sadness and Bad Football Team. Yep, straight up Ohio. I was not ready for Ohio. <laughs> Ohio. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this came out in 2011. I remember it being on like HBO or something like that. And uh, I always caught the end. I never really caught the beginning. Mm-hmm. That, that's all I really remember. Just a lot of people fucking blowing up to bombs. Oh yeah. <laughs> so There are a lot of car bombs in this. Yeah, way more than you would expect. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I was like... I came across it on... What was it? On Netflix? Or no, Hulu. And I was like, oh... You know what? I feel like watching that again, seeing if it holds up to my young 18-year-old's body and mind. <laughs> well, did it? It did not. <laughs> uh, I The best way I can describe this is it feels like, and it very well maybe, it feels like a TV movie version of like a Martin Scorsese movie. Yeah. Um, that's not to say it is bad i i there were a lot of parts of it that i thought were enjoyable but i think it's the biggest thing it's sloppily edited uh at points not not throughout the entire thing but at points it either felt like they just didn't have scenes to transition from one scene to another or like shots to transition Mm -hmm. uh or it felt like it was maybe like 30 minutes longer and they were forced to cut it out um, which either way, it's, it's very possible that that happened. Uh, Maybe. I think while he did a good job, I think Ray Stevenson looked almost nothing like uh, Danny Green. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, and he, um, I don't know, he just looked too old from the beginning. You know, he didn't. Yeah, the, so the the timeline throughout this movie, there's they don't really give you a space. You see the mm-hmm. timeline through the kids that Danny Green has. Yeah, and like you're like, oh shit, this kid's now a grown up. What? They're not a grown up, but she's actually grown up a little bit. Yeah. So you're like, holy hell, like what is five years passed? And like they don't really give you like a set, like hey, by the way, it's now three years later. Yeah. And I, I think he looked more the part once he actually had the mustache. Mm-hmm. But for like the first half before he had the mustache, I'm just like, this, this, this is weird. It, 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 it doesn't, it didn't fit really. Not that his his performance is bad. It just, it didn't fit. It's just his, his look um, didn't fit. Yeah. He, he seemed too clean cut in a way and maybe that's what they're going for but it didn't really work for me if that's what they're going for mm-hmm. um and then definitely once he meets his second girlfriend the the young one is just she seems way too young for him. yep <laughs> so it makes it more creepy than it has to be um, um so there's there's one thing that i forgot well not forgot again i didn't really see the whole movie that they really paint Danny Green throughout this movie to be the hero in a way. In my opinion, it makes him seem like he's more of a hero than an actual villain. 
like yeah he's a mobster and stuff but like they're painting him to kind of be a good guy yeah throughout the whole movie at least compared to the ups- other mobsters, I don't know. Yeah. And, I mean, he did do good things, at least within the movie. I don't know enough about the actual Danny Green. Yeah. Um, but we're led to believe that he doesn't deserve anything that he that's happening to him. Um, at, Is that just me, or do you think that, too? What, that he... Uh, like, they, the way they made the movie seem. With him, like, seeming like he shouldn't have any repercussions at all. Yeah. I definitely felt that way where it's just like, not that again, he is better than all the other mafia people. Um, cause he's kind of doing it for the working man and everything, but he's also, I mean, he's a murderer (laughs) (laughs) and and not that. uh, Yeah. I, I, I just, I don't know what else to say. Like I, I agree with what you're saying. I just think it's a, you got a gong over there? What the hell was that? Yeah, I, I hit my uh, my mic. My mic's in. But yeah, I, I think he was just... It just fell off throughout the entire thing. There are definitely a parts that I A lot of liked. this movie fell off. Ex- yeah. Like, specifically one of the actors in this movie, uh, Val Kilmer. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if this was during, like, his hiatus of just, like, being in things and just not really caring. I, was he doing that? So I feel like he was just um, taking projects and not really caring. I honestly have no idea. He he's well, he's this this one felt like that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of felt that way for everything. I, I'm a big fan of Vincent D'Onofrio, and he kind of felt like it was phoning it in, too. Yeah. Um, well, his character wasn't even that fleshed out. Yeah, yeah. It, that his could be his why. death, though, was great. His death was great, but, like, it would have been better if he was more fleshed out. Like I yeah. didn't feel anything. It, it felt like they wanted us to feel something, but I didn't. Yeah, you don't. You don't feel a lot of things in this movie at all. You're yeah. just like, okay, it's just a mobster movie. Yeah, it feels like it's going through the motions and not trying to be different and just trying to get through it. It feels like the movie is trying to f- get through itself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was liking the setup of Danny Green's character, mm-hmm. uh, and then it kind of just went into the mobster tradition. Yeah, and then lost interest. Like I mean, I it was, it was a movie to watch. Like I'm not saying, like that I hated it in any sense yeah. of the way. I did like it throughout most of the movie, but I just, it definitely didn't hold up to my 18 year old's mind. Yeah, it's it's, it, it's not a bad movie. I know we're like shit talking it a lot. It's not a bad movie. It's just, it it has the potential to be so much better. Mm-hmm. Which, even if even though it's from Ohio. Even though it's from Ohio, yeah. Uh, but it, that's probably, like, the biggest heartbreaking thing about any movie that this happens with. Is that, like, it, uh, if there's such a great story, and, like, that's the one thing I, I legitimately love. The story of Danny Green's great, um, especially when he, like, goes on TV and points out where he lives and work mm-hmm. to, to the Italian mob. Um, just badass shit like that made me proud to be Irish, even though I'm... Not that Irish. I think, I think this was also during when I was 18 and 19. Like, I was like fully happy, like, that I was Irish and like oh, yeah. really expressing that. So, like, maybe that's why I liked it so much. I'm like, this guy really fucking loves that he's Irish. Oh, yeah. Me too now. I'm cussing a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's quite all right. It's quite all right. But yeah, that, that's probably my biggest takeaway is that it, it had the potential to be so much better and then just fell through. Yeah. Um, 
There's not much to say. We like the movie. We don't have that much to say about it, though. I mean, yeah. it's just it wasn't as good as it could have been. Take this city over. This guy, he went on television daring us to do something about it. Your people, you can't do a simple job. My enemies will be taken care of. I promise. Shandor Burns. Watch your back. 36 bombs exploded. Really think the luck of the Irish is going to save you? I've not built a bomb big enough to kill me. Give this to the man who kills the Irish. This is one guy, and you can't take care of it. We shot him, we've blown him up. He just won't die. Twenty-five G's for the head of Danny Green. Twenty-five. In cash. <laughs> Come on, you should be flattered. So let the That does it for the wave and kill the Irishman. I guess this is the time for the judgment. Glenn, are you ready to judge these movies and decide if they are shelf boys? I'm ready. That was terrifying. Please never do that again. I tried backing uh, way up so it wouldn't be that bad. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I'll, I'll start with the wave. Um, honestly, yeah, I'm not is, making my judgment until you do on this one. Uh, well, I wanted to say that, but to you. Uh, oh, man, because like... I, I want to put it on the shelf, but I also don't like I'm, I'm trying to hold the shelf to a higher standard. And while this movie is great. It's ultimately probably forgettable. I mean, I just watched it a few days ago, so I haven't forgotten it yet, but I could see like a few years down the road just being like, oh, yeah, I remember certain aspects aspects of that. But, it, you know, overall, it's, okay. it's, it's fine. Um Okay. Oh, fuck. Man. Yeah, I think... I, uh, uh, <laughs> you I'm want to say, say my piece? Yeah. Okay. So, I also want to hold the shelf to a higher uh, aspect of life. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I also want to hold this movie at a higher aspect of life. Because where it takes the... Like I said many times in, during the actual review of it, it doesn't go full scale the end of the world it's small scale town and it's more realistic which you don't see terribly much of uh it's usually just straight up the world's gonna die uh here we go mm-hmm. all the characters were great the performances were great um did i fall in love with the movie no but is it a disaster movie that i enjoy a lot mm-hmm. yeah and i think i would want to put it on the shelf if it's going to be in like a category of disaster movies next to each other Okay. Well, I guess you convinced me. So the wave makes it to the shelf, I God believe. Damn. Unless you're, you're going to go back now that I said so. So the wave makes it onto the shelf. Does Kill the Irishman. Glenn, what are your thoughts on Kill the Irishman? It does not. Yeah, same here. It's too... Also, there's, there's so many racist people in the 70s. I totally forgot about that, well, too. There's a lot of racist people nowadays, yeah, too. Yeah, just, just period, but it was just we, very... We, we tend to drown them out now. Uh, but yeah, so the wave makes it to the shelf. Kill the Irishman does not. That brings us to next week. Glenn, what is your movie for next week? I don't know. You got to pick first. Oh, I got. Oh, that's right. That's right. We said I'd go first. So we are going to go into theaters for my next movie. 
uh, mainly because I've been waiting for this movie for so long. Just like The Dead Don't Die? Well, I enjoyed The Dead Don't Die, but I think you're excited for this one, too. I could be mistaken, but I think you are. We are going to watch Midsummer, which is released. Oh, is that next week? It's released on July 3rd, so oh, this sweet. Yes. This, yes, this Wednesday. Ari Aster. Um, Ari Aster. It is wide release, so everyone should be able to see it at their local theater. Uh, it is written and directed by Ari Aster, starring Florence Pugh, uh, Jack Rayner, William Jackson Harper, and Will Poulter. Uh, it tells the story of a couple traveling to Sweden to visit a rural hometown's fabled Midsummer Festival. What begins as an idyllic retreat quickly devolves into an increasingly violent and bizarre competition at the hands of a pagan cult. So stoked for this one. Did you see Jordan so, Peele's giving it like a raving review right now? Yeah, I've been trying to avoid everything with this movie other than the trailer I already watched. Same. I mean, I, I have seen that just because, you know... It's yeah, I didn't read in the my article. Face. I just I didn't either. came across it. But like they they keep releasing new trailers for this. I'm like, nope, 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 nope. Get out yeah, of my I face. I don't know if that's like a marketing thing that they're just doing. Like, hey, it's, Jordan it is Peele. a marketing thing. P- people like giving too much information about movies nowadays. Um, so yeah, that is going to be in theaters on July 3rd. Uh, like I said, wide release, so everyone should be able to have access to it. And that movie again is Midsummer. All right, I'm I'm stoked for that one. Um, Me too. I didn't even remember it was next week, so mm-hmm. I'm super excited. Now. Oh, I have a countdown on my phone for it. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to also do a horror film. Ooh, problem is that I have spooky July's four lined up. I've been playing a video game right now. It's pretty scary, and I feel like I just want to keep that scary vibe going for the rest of the week. So I've got four lined up. I don't know which one to pick, so I want your judgment with it. Okay. I have one. It's a Spanish horror movie. It Mm. is an hour and 40 minutes long. It's about a... uh, uh, yeah, I'll give you the synopsis to each one. I'll let you really think about it. Strangers stuck in a Madrid bar after witnessing a murder begin to turn on each other as panic sets in and bodies count rises. Mm. Okay, so that's that's one of them. I will okay. not name the name of it, even though that's stupid. <laughs> uh, the Basement, uh, which I just completely contradicted what I just said two <laughs> seconds ago. <laughs> <laughs> a Los Angeles serial killer abducts a famous musician, dragging him to a dungeon-like basement in order to enact his own capture, torture, and murder. If it makes you feel better, I've never heard of that movie. So. Uh, this, I believe this one's like an hour long. Um, but this one is actually... I, I watched all the trailers for these. This one's funny because it looks like a really, really bad knockoff of Split. Ooh. So, uh... There's that one. Okay. Um... The Eyes of My Mother. Uh, I've seen that one. Have you? Yeah. All right. I have it on Blu-ray. Fuck that one, then. (laughs) I thought you said you were going to tell me. Tell me. uh, I uh, wasn't, but it's too late now. (laughs) Uh, Then we got Stonehurst Asylum, uh, which has a bunch of stars in it. Uh, A a new employee at the mental hospital becomes attracted to one of his colleagues, but he is unaware of a recent horrifying change in staff. This one actually has a lot of big names in it. Michael Caine, uh, fucking uh, uh, Brendan Gleeson, Kate Beckinsale, uh, Ben Kingsley, Jim Mm. Strugis. Okay. Um, Uh, The first one was The Bar, by the way, otherwise known as El Bar. El Bar. (laughs) Oh, man. So we got a movie that's kind of like Phone Booth in a bar. 
uh, split in a basement or just a, a murder mystery kind of thing, I think. With a lot of big names. Well, I was going to pick the first one until you told me that very disappointing title. Um, Elbar. Elbar. Uh, I think I think I know which one I want, and I know it's going to be bad for us. Do you want the basement? Yeah. Let's do the basement then. Okay, because I kind of want to make fun of it, but okay. I know I'm. I know, I know we're going to hate watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I hate watching a lot of things though, so it's fun. So, <laughs> the basement. I. Oh man, I hate me for picking this one. We're gonna have a most like a most likely really good horror movie, and then just shit on it with the basement. <laughs> oh, so we're gonna have to. You're gonna have well, to watch the basement. Luckily, first. luckily next next week is my my uh, the the week for my movie to be last. So we'll we'll end on a high note next week. Oh, Misha Barton is in this. I wouldn't have picked this if I knew she was. in it. Oh well. You know, okay. It looks like a very bad version of Split. No, I, I heard that. I just didn't. I I, I underestimated how bad it looks. <laughs> All right. So that next week's movies are The Basement and Midsummer. Uh, where's The Basement on Netflix? It's on Netflix. The Basement's on Netflix. Midsummer will be in theaters wide release July third. Uh, as always, you can follow us on Instagram Keystone underscore Film underscore Review. Uh, on Facebook, we are Keystone Film Review, and on Letterboxd, I am Mike KFR. And I am Glenn KFR. And that will do it until next week. Well, I will love one movie probably and hate another. <clears throat> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.